Okay, let's uh, let's rock and roll, and and the music will come in, and it'll and then and then it'll be the intro for that, and then it'll be us just talking about this this album. This is, dare I say, track for track, the best album. You know, I'd agree with that. It's it's not like the like the, there are songs on other albums that I love that I would say are my favorite songs. But if you said like album track for track, I I mean I'd probably get crucified if I said something from like the new age, like the Hammered and the Motorized stuff, because I do like track for track on that. But Motorhead classic, track for track album, Definitely. Overkill. Overkill like, is a fucking great album. Man. Isn't it like five songs on this which were still being played at like? The last few times. Yeah, I mean, fuck. Um, Metropolis is usually was in there, wasn't it? But Damage Case is a big one, wasn't it? No Class and... What's the other one I always get confused with? Pay, pay the Price? No, uh, Stay Clean? Stay Clean, that's it. I remember that from like early 2000s shows. I don't think it was in towards the end there. Metropolis, Stay Clean, No Class, Damage Case and that, that one. They, there's one they didn't play that often, like... Um, What's it called? The title track. Overkill. <laughs> no, but there's like at least five songs on there which were still being played like to, in the latter years, and like the other songs are like it's criminal that they weren't still being played. <laughs> and at the time as well, uh, album did like, it did much better than the first album. What? At twenty four to the top. Yeah, it's so not bad. The thirty nine peak position. So. It's a good run for like a second album. Yeah, for like a bordering on metal records. Yeah, as considering well. it only got made off the strength of the Louis Louis signal, which no one seemed to like. Apparently, apparently, like wasn't it? It was it was recorded for Top of the Pops. Yes, for some reason. Yeah, was, but again, yeah. why were they on Top of the Pops? Because surely they didn't get on Top of the Pops. Well, after these were the different first days, man. You know, everyone went on Top of the Pops back then, didn't they? It didn't matter what genre you were playing. It was just for the kids. Gotta imagine now proto thrash bands on, on this shit with uh, fucking Kanye West and all them. Wow, crazy different days, man. Different anyway. days. So the story is a story that they recorded Louis Louis with Neil Richmond, mm-hmm. and off the back of that, they did that, and because that was released as a single, they did one of a track on there which made it onto that's what overkill. the uh, the in studio book. That's what the source goes by <laughs> by the source. <laughs> but the album itself. Start with the album cover. Cool album cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the best. One of the best. I like it. It's I iconic. Mean, it's it's a good back patch. Is that, yeah. that one? You know, yeah. Yeah, I've seen plenty of that. <laughs> with the um, I feel with the like, denim cut off. Yeah, I feel like I've seen it with like in brighter colours, but that just might be because it's been sitting on vinyl shelves and like the sun's got at it. I, yeah. I'm sure I've got this on a dog-eared vinyl somewhere as well. I know it's Joe Pentagano, is it? Yeah, is that said right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently, he wasn't happy with this. Because he only had a week and a half to finish it. It was like, well, I, I suppose it's not. It's it's it's, not, it's quite a lot of time considering they had two weeks to record the album. Yeah, as well, so they were always working. I guess it's not like insanely tactic. detailed, but it is like it, it's cool. Like I, I wouldn't say I have any beef with it. You know, the the only thing I can find on it is that he didn't like it, and ideally he wanted more of a fractured. Or the the fractured look wanted to be more detailed, like it is on mm. like Inferno. It's definitely the kind of thing that digital art would have made it so much easier. Yeah, but like this is back <laughs> in the day, and he's just some dude with some paints in it. So he's done what he can, basically. 
boss album cover. <laughs> good, good album cover. Uh, recorded in Roundhouse Studios. So it's the first time they've gone to uh, a, a, a London studio as opposed to somewhere in the fucking Pennines out there in the forest. Mostly recorded. Oh, yeah, mostly. Okay, fine. First working on uh, the 24 track stuff as opposed to the 16 track which was the style of the time the style of the time <laughs> before so that allowed them to double up and make everything sound heavier this again i recommend everyone buying the book because this because it'll tell you all the microphones they use there's a motorhead in the studio that is and i'd say like there was a room like an echo room in the you, bottom of the studio you that you can could hear go that to. on definitely one of the tracks i can't say for certain whether they recorded it down there but you can tell it on one of the bonus tracks well, well let's get into it anyway let's go uh i'll let's go track by track starting with of course the first track motorhead uh overkill <laughs> overkill shut up you know what i mean <laughs> Overkill. Aside from talking about how that was played at the, the end of every night scene in live and how it would just keep going on and on and you'd be like, at the same time, I also want to go home. We need to talk about these drums. We need to talk about these drums, man. How incredible are these drums? Like From the get-go, it's like it just starts with drums and it ends with drums. There's just drums in the middle and it's just... It's five minutes straight of double bass <laughs> it's incredible isn't it? and this is phil the animal taylor's first like album with the double pedals double drums is been, that the, the yeah, industry d- term yeah, for double, them <laughs> double bass drums um he says in an interview that he didn't want to look like one of those knobheads who'd have two bass drums and one just be for show no, so man, he was practicing rolls <laughs> he was practicing uh, basically just doing walking, almost like walking or running exercises like running, on the pedals. Jesus, and apparently the rest of the band came in and wrote Overkill Rounder. I don't know if they already had the riffs pre-done or uh, what, but... There's, like, how many songs can you think of that have been written around the drums? That's incredible. It's such a, a badass fucking in-your-face motherfucker of a drum track, that isn't it? But even going even further than that, when it was recorded, it was done with four or five takes. mm Back to back, so back it's not just back. five minutes <laughs> of double bass. It's about twenty five. Even just like, when, when listening to that, and I'm do- I'm just doing little ditty stomps along with it, and it's knackering. I'm doing that for five minutes, five times in a row. You know what I mean? Because it's a long track. It's five minutes thirteen. It keeps yeah. going, and well, that's that's like the album version. It must have been like much longer in the recording as well. I don't know if um if Taylor ever did it as long as. Mickey D does it like if those Ooh, early. You know, like that's a good question because I didn't mean to listen to the 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 new live versions just to hear the di- if I could see the difference. Yeah, because we know like Mickey D plays for about 
10 minutes just because I don't know how many times they they reprise <laughs> with more solos just when everyone wants to go home. No, I, I'd, I'd love it. I I don't want it to end when I watch it, but I know people who leave <laughs> at that time for the bus. Um, we saying you saying before about um, thrash metal drumming. Yeah, a lot of people have credited this drum beat as being like the blueprint for thrash metal drummers. That is interesting. Yeah, I mean, because it is like thrash is just the description is the word, isn't it? You, you yeah. know it when you hear it, and that is that's pretty fucking close. You know? I won't credit it as being inventing thrash. It's obviously people have taken influence from it. Mm-hmm. In terms of the first thrash recording with those drums as well, I, f- I, I haven't a clue what that would be. It might be something by Venom, but I don't know if their drummer was up to standard to do that type of of beat. I know I know Metallica had Whiplash and everything on the first Metallica record, Kill em All, but again, I don't think that's that drum beat. So it's difficult to find out exactly where it came from but you can tell like obviously all of these thrash bands took influence from from motorhead anyway um so it's not out of the question that that was taken yeah. and used as a blueprint but as in terms of where the first thrash song first appeared i can't tell you you could argue it several ways this is the conversation around the first one about just like a genre for it like it's it's so many different things at the same time isn't it it's like it's metal as fuck but it's also got punk elements and it's got like a thrash thing going on there it's the first um you're almost getting that first whiff of lemmy's signature bass sounds because you didn't really get that on the first album or i i didn't think you did but you finally got that overdriven bass sound which looking at the um the story of recording it was basically done on the most battered up speaker they had they had several to choose from, but the most battered up one just it didn't sound the best, but it fit the feel of the yeah, album best. No, that's cool, man. That's that's the way the shit should be done. But speaking in terms of genres and stuff, another genre that this kind of fits around Motorhead is just like like uh, like arena rock is maybe what they'd call it. But I don't know if it's just because I've seen them that many times. Whenever I hear Overkill or or Stay Clean. These songs are made to be played to crowds of big fucking sweaty dudes, you know. I know a lot. It was Stay Clean's one of the ones that was played live before it was recorded. Yeah. I, I don't know which ones were and weren't, but I think Stay Clean was one of them. But let's uh, let's uh, put Stay Clean on, and then talk about Stay Clean. As that's what we do on this thing. You're on your own, and there is no one that can stop you being alone. Stay clean, stay clean. 
Some pointy shit, yo. Yep. <laughs> Especially when oh, what's the producer's name? The the lad with the Jimmy heroin. Miller. <laughs> Jimmy Miller, the guy with the heroin problem. But apparently he was clean on this. <laughs> he was good. Good for him for a bit, anyway. <laughs> um, but I I don't know if that takes influence off that. Um, possibly, <laughs> maybe. Well, this is the thing. With, this is the thing with Mohead songs. There's there's never really like a central character. Or there's like the theme is the title, so it's about staying clean, and then it's just it's words that he can think of that rhyme that loosely associate with yeah. it. It's just how he writes it. I mean, is it a is it a warning? Is it a, is it a is it a, an ode to to the opposite of staying clean? Is it saying like stay clean later and live life now? Um, That's the thing. Let me seem perfectly happy to like put themselves in a character and write lyrics around that, whereas he might not necessarily be associated with that at all, which will become apparent a bit later on. Um, (laughs) Damage case. It's Uh, a good song. It's a good slow groove, anyway. Uh, The nice little uh, Phil Taylor intro there. Big fan of that. And it's one of those Lemmy uh, solos instead of a guitar solos. Uh, one, of, one of the things you can see from definitely from that from the Stay Clean bass solo, you, it's triplets. Triplets. Yeah, it's explain that to a layman like me. It's the Iron Maiden gallop. All oh, right, but the, the, like the, listen the to that and then go and like listen to the truth. <laughs> awesome and like it's it's almost like Steve Harris went like yes that's <laughs> based the career on it. Um, no, I ain't made races, but... <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I never thought about that, yeah. I love that solo. Yeah, it's pretty you... fucking cool. Yeah. Could, and it's just different to, to hear a bass solo as well, which makes it stand out yeah. more. And, yeah. How how do you think um, Ed, Eddie Clark felt about that? I'm not sure. You know, because he's... Let me sing it anyway, so he's already the focus. And then he's like, oh, I'm, I'm having your solo as well. I, I, I can't think of any... Lead guitarist that I've ever met who would have been okay with that. <laughs> you know? Well, he's apparently a bit of a perfectionist as well. Mm. Not necessarily on this song, but there's examples where Eddie gets really annoyed when recording <laughs> particular songs and he's either not getting it right or people are criticizing him for not getting it right. Yeah, and sometimes um, he overhears them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, you can you see, even though we're only on the second album, you can see seeds of like why this lineup didn't stick, you know? It's a shame because maybe maybe they peaked too quickly with this. Personally, I've, out of this Bomber and Ace of Spades, this is my favourite by far. But yeah, the the lineup's not built to last. But to be honest, <laughs> no Motorhead lineup was until the final iteration. Yeah, I think they would have stayed 90s. with him. Well, they did stay with him. They did stay the to end, the end, but, one, yeah. And are they still playing together? Uh, no, they they'll do like a few reunions every now and then when the money's right, I reckon. But uh, yeah, great great track. Uh, lots of uh, examples of Lemmy writing, Lemmy playing there. Uh, there's not really much Eddie Clark going in there though. Something we didn't say at the beginning though: the all the album, all the songs on this album are credits as uh, written by the band, apart from one of them, which we'll get to later. I think this is what we were talking about last time as well, like. Uh, Lemmy probably just wrote all the lyrics, but said, "Let's cut everybody in." Yeah, I I can't really see uh, fingerprints of anyone else in any of these songs. Do you, you know? No, I, I don't yeah, know I mean, them well. The back catalogue of Eddie Clark's other bands to to know I mean, what his songwriting's about. But Lemmy's always been the one concert. It's always had yeah. that sound. It's never the sounds never really changed between lineups. No, that's true. But let's talk about I Won't Pay Your Price because it's a, this is a, it's not a bad song. It's just not what I would call a classic. You know what I mean? It's one of the weaker ones on the album, yeah. but 
that it's saying something when this is the weakest song album. on the album. Let's jam it on. And the lyrics are nothing inspiring, you know, uh, can't stop me, don't even try, I'm going to stick a finger in your eye, you don't deserve my admiration, and I'll sling you through a window if you give me aggravation. It's it's him. classic fucking rock and roll metal song lyrics, I, I, I'll give it that, but... It's a stay clean thing again, what rhymes, <laughs> what, what fits. Um, I, I like it, it's by far not the strongest song on the album. I but just even can't as... see a time where I just put that on, you know what I mean, like on no. its own. There's, there's no point when that's ever gonna get stuck in my head, or I'm just gonna be like, oh, this this is this is the perfect mood and setting to listen to. I won't pay your price. <laughs> it's let's say the weakest song on the album, but that's not necessarily. Yeah, it's a not bad saying thing. it's a bad song. It's it's a bridge song, I guess, isn't it? You know, it's like Nick Cave said about recording. Sometimes some of the songs are the sacrificial cow that you need when you're pros- crossing the river of piranhas. You know, that's what will they do in those that's countries that have piranhas? Like they'll send in a cow first, so the fish will go over to it and eat the cow, and then the people will go around them. It's not that it's bad; it's just like it needs to be the bridge to the next song. Yeah, there's actually there's a bit of there's a bit around this because the recording was in two weeks, wasn't it? Yes. And there's <laughs> there's quotes from Lemmy saying we needed another song. Well, <laughs> so like, right one, we've got a <laughs> night. I'll be your sister. What a, what a, I can't wait to to gush about this song because I fucking love this song. Wes. This is my favorite song on the album. Yeah. Oh, totally. Hands to the fucking down. Be your sister. I'll be your lover. From the get go, we're just gonna. I'm just gonna talk about lyrics here. Even though there is, it's got a bit of the bass, bassy solo. It's got like a great guitar riff, great drum fills, all that bollocks. But it's such a weird song. It's brilliant. If you just look at the words to that song, it's like, what the fuck are you talking about, mate? But then if you like me and look at these words for like hours at a time, and you start to piece these things. That, 
in my in my opinion, he it's kind of like he's trying to crack onto this girl, and it's like he's not like, oh, I'm just not gonna, I'm not some guy who's gonna knock you up and like leave her. I'm I'm your mate. I'm I'm like family. I'm I'm your sister. Like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be good to you. We're gonna be pals. So we're gonna, we're gonna be gal pals. But then he's gonna fuck her later. In my humble opinion. <laughs> <laughs> The in- the interviews will let me state that he does not have a fucking clue what he was going on about. <laughs> you could have asked him at the time, and he might have been able to tell you better. But that's been lost to the annals, well, you know, unfortunately. The, the second verse <laughs> supports my theory. I'll be your lover. I'll be your sister. Maybe is what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, no, maybe. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna prove I can come back again if you need somebody. I'm your only friend. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna be such a, a sweet lover to you that I'll also be like part of your family which is fucking weird to say out loud but it's just a classic motorhead song about trying to bang someone and successfully banging someone but there's this thing about songwriting like what lemmy does is he writes in these weird rhyming couplets that aren't attached to the rest of the song in the fact that there's no real beginning middle end there's no protagonist there's no arc there's no narrative but it also makes perfect fucking sense you know Word for word, I'll be your sister. I'll be your, uh, I'll be your sister. I'll be your lover. Yeah, I'll be your mother if you need somebody. Uh, if you need someone to love, I'm the one you're thinking of. If you need somebody, I'm your hand in glove. Doesn't make sense when you hear it, but like your brain also processes like, oh, this is just him singing a song to a girl. It, it, it builds a story it well. Yeah. It it builds well, not a story as such. It builds like a feeling well. Those like four words. Like, that's all it's based around. There's no story to it apart from that, but he's managed to craft, like, a whole song out of it, even if the verses are just variations of it's, the same yeah, thing. It's just, it just works. Two, it's two lines that he's written and then took a fag break and then came back and wrote another two lines, and it all adds up. As a singer-songwriter myself, sometimes the stuff when you turn your brain off and you just write what flows is just, like, the best thing because it's, like, when you're doing creative writing, they say, like, one of the writing exercises is stream of thought consciousness you just sit there and you write like i am writing this thing i am also talking on a podcast while doing this why am i doing this I wonder what bird's bones taste like you know you're tapping into some weird shit in your head is basically what i'm saying and he's just mastered the art of just writing stream of consciousness rock and roll again it reflects the recording process where first album they had they what records 10 tracks without vocals in two days and this, they had a two-week period um, between gigging and Christmas, from the looks of it. And it is just put something together. And it's worked. <laughs> and it works. And it's fucking worked. This is such a great song. And the thing is, it's one of those, I like, got the trademark of thing of a great song that you can play that, like, slow, fast. You can do a thrashier version. You do a punker version. You can, like... Let me says for some reason he always has write, writing songs for women in mind. And like he said, he had Tina Turner in mind when he was writing Tina this. Turner. And I can see that, you know, back in the day, Tina Turner kicking it hard. Hmm. You know, oh, that'll work. less guitar, maybe a different type of guitar, but fucking it, it works if you ask me, man. And there's a great Zeke cover of this, by the way. Zeke? Yeah, there's a fucking boss Zeke version of this. Oh, the only Zeke song I think of is Let's Get Drugs. Let's do drugs. Let's do drugs. <laughs> Let's do drugs. Let's do drugs. Let's get fucked up. Uh, it's a fucking, it's a fucking great song. Anyone can cover that and make it work. I reckon, you know, it, it one of my favorite Motorhead songs. Top five, definitely. Top five. Top five wow. Motorhead songs, hands down. Yeah. What's next, though? It's Capricorn. Oof. Different swaying of opinions from Capricorn to "I'll Be Your Sister" because 
it's 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 a it's a well made song. It's just not something that I personally want to jam to. There's just too much effects on it. It's it's overproduced. It's I get the psychedelia. Yeah, but... it's like almost like a Hawkwind song, isn't it? Yeah. Like if you told me that was something he wrote in Hawkwind, I would have just said, "Yeah, okay." But but... We know it wasn't written in Hawkwind. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it was just another one he just tossed off. It's like, oh, let's write something about astrology, astrology, astrology. One night, apparently, this this is one of the songs where it's like the running time is short. <laughs> we and need another song. This this is the the song with the the warm up guitar solo, yeah. Yeah, like apparently, Fast Eddie was tuning up, and then came into the the uh, control room say I'm ready I'm ready to do a take and they were like no no that's perfect mm, that's already it's been done, done. <laughs> moving on yeah. <laughs> and they put loads of echo reverb everything all over and it, it's a bit of a mess but it, it works in the feel of the song but just a, I'll be your sister's like two minutes something and then there's this after it's so long and trippy and it's four minutes and if they were playing this live this would be where you go take a piss you know what I mean this is a bit <laughs> yeah this uh, I don't know whether to take back um <laughs> I won't pay a price the worst song of the album. No, but it's it's one of those. It's a, people regard it as a classic. It's personally not. If you wanted to listen to the more like the the weird trippery trippery, if you wanted to listen to like the longer more experimental songs, you'd put that on the playlist of that because it is one of them. You know, maybe put that on when I'm having a sit down looking at a window somewhere. Yeah, fine, but not when I'm trying to rock and roll my way through the streets. Yeah. Love, but, you know, that's that's not gonna put a stride in my step. That song. No, the lyrics are just. Nonsense. Yeah, nonsense. <laughs> just about not being good, alone. Yeah, not good nonsense. Like I'll be a sister. It's just nonsense about astrology. Astro- yeah. Astrology. Fuck. Astrology. Crap. And it's, it's so fucking generic, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's. I might it, spend alone, solitaire to the bone, but I don't mind. I'm my own best friend from the beginning until the end. It's a limerick. It's a limerick. It's a limerick. Mm-hmm. It's it's two couplets and a final line. Except the final line's not 
fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, not not a fan. Not a huge fan, I, I would say. It it works as as background music, I think. Yeah. Um, better songs than the album. Yeah. Still not the worst. Speaking of which, another of my all-time fucking favorite songs. No class. No Class, such a great song, such a great riff, so powerful a riff that it made my handsman pick up a guitar and start playing around. That is the sign of a good song. I was trying to pick up the guitar because I thought this was a song with the key change you wanted to talk about. Oh, right, well, okay, stopped. never mind, <laughs> but still. That's one for later. <laughs> nah, it's, it's the song they usually play after, not a dip in the set, but after they slow down a bit. Yeah. And it's just a good song to get people up Wind and jumping again. Wind back into it. It's like... I cannot remember the time I haven't gotten a mosh pit when this song started. It's just fucking... It is just the song to get in there and start slamming it to people. It's I mean, the, the first fucking lyric is, shut up, you talk to you. That's my favourite oh, lyric on the album. It's so good, isn't it? What, what a statement it is. It's... I still think this should have opened the album. Or, like, if every Motorhead set... That's the thing, because it works well to bring people back up, but if they opened with this, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, <man>. yes. <laughs> Again, it's one of those songs that like, I'm not really sure what it's trying to mean. Shut up, you talk too loud, you don't fit in with the crowd. I can't believe you exist. I crossed you right off my list. No class. He's talking to someone who's got no yeah, class. Yeah, it's just it's one of those songs that's based on such a small aspect. It's not trying to tell a song. It's just talking about like some dickhead he hates. And he's immortalised that dickhead in the song. Which, again, one of my all-time favourites. Top top five again. That's two That's two from the first two album. Two from this album. Five. Yeah, imagine. I, I reckon this top five is going to be like a top 15 or something by the end of this. My favorite, one of my favorite parts of the song is just the outro as well. The da na na na, da na na, you know, it's like like I can just see like, in my mind's eye them like like all on stage like doing it at the same time, getting a perfect synchronization, roar of the crowd afterwards, fucking tune, mate. That's fucking the thing, it, it builds so well, even though it's such a short song, it builds to like a great finish. The the opener's just. Well, the opening's just like straight in your face. Mm-hmm. The lyrics coming almost straight away, and it's only two minutes forty something. It's a banger. Odd. Bangers on don't have to be long operatic things like that. Shit. There's gonna be boom, boom, boom like that. Just punch and move, punch and move. Fucking great song. It comes in, kicks ass, and then leaves. Yes. Or within less that, than three minutes. That's what fucking Mohead songs should be all. Well, not that's that's the the top tier Mohead song stuff does that. You know. Rock and roll, man. Grab you by the balls, twist them, and then kicks you in the face when it leaves the room. Damage case, though. Hey, babe, don't act so scared. 
So yeah, that's it's it's a song that I've not really appreciated till I stop and listen to it. It's a good song. I love it. Yeah, one of my favorites. Really? Yeah. It's top just, five? I don't know. I'm not making the top five list. <laughs> we'll be here all day. Um, but yeah, it's like lot, just classic rock and roll style. Yeah, has just good simple riff, riff throughout, mm-hmm. and it just works. It's got the structure of a much more classic rock and roll song to it as well, because it's one of the it's because we say last time there's not a lot of three verse things in this more business. The, the, this one is three verses of "Hey Babe" with the beginning of each one. Is you know what's happening in this song? Some great lines in the "Hey Babe, wait a minute, stop! Don't run away! Don't call a cop!" It's simple it's and eloquent. <laughs> I like that shit. This is also uh, written. The only song on the album that was also written by y- your man Michael F- Fane again. Remember on the first album he did Lost Johnny in there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, him. He, uh, he was apparently a, a, a writing friend of Lemmy, and this is another thing he jumped in on. Good song, man. Yeah, I mean, one of my favourite bits, and it's so simple, there's a key change after the solo where they just do a verse at... Oh, where is it? It's at, like, F sharp on the neck rather than on in I don't know in around the B um, it just works it's, I don't know why it's just such a simple thing where it's just like oh, just just for this um, just for this verse and well it's not really a chorus it's just two words but it just works it, Are there it many just changes key it just changes, changes on up. this album? I don't think so um, the, not, I, not in not terms as... of just changing the, the position where the riff played on the neck um, but it just works on this song. It just changes it up that much. Where when it comes in after the solo with that third verse, it just it does feel so much more yeah, punchy when yeah. it comes back in. It's it's like it's recaught your attention again. You know, yeah. it's it's telling you that the story is almost over because, yeah. like we say, it's the same lyrical theme all the way through. So they've spiced up the music as opposed yeah. to changing the lyrics. I think one of the things that maybe adds to it is. Uh, Lemmy plays a lot on the A string and he plays a lot higher up the neck because he plays bass like a guitar mm-hmm. whereas when it comes back in on that bit it starts on, on the F sharp so it sounds like he's playing sort of on the, the, the low end of the bass for once because the bass in Motorheads even though Lemmy's like the most iconic arguably the most iconic basses of all time he plays more like a guitar and he has a guitar mm-hmm. sound whereas yeah. And like the bass, because of that has to come from the drums. But this song, when that comes back in after that solo, it's all bottom ends from the guitars, bass, and the drums. It it just has so much more of an impact when it comes back in. Bottom end song, I like it. I kind of remember if that was like a, a staple of the gigs. I mean, I think when that was played later on, it was probably played faster. Yeah, you can imagine like it's why it's one of those flashy as it got on. <laughs> It's one of those where hopefully the lyrics don't reflect um, <laughs> his state of mind. And again, he couldn't write songs, songs like that character. anymore, mate. No, you know, no. Different, a different age, which yeah. is quite sad, really. Because yeah, it's, it's, it's just, 
It's it's very sex offender. Um, <laughs> That's sex offender. It is a bit. <laughs> it's, it's go back and listen to the lyrics. Look at the lyrics right now. You know, it's uh, hey babe, don't turn away. I'm here tomorrow. I'm gone today. He's saying like you know, appreciate me while I'm here. Uh, I don't care what you think of gamers. I don't care even what your name is. Or oh, isn't there? I don't care about different ages as well. Yeah. Well, there uh, is. All I want is some special care. I'm on the run from some institution. Uh, yeah, okay. That kind of. Let's not overthink <laughs> this. The next song would be Tear You Down. Tear You Down. Start a song. It's the it's one of the archetypal traits of Motorhead songs that they should start off with some sort of bass riff. It's like a cleaner bass riff than yeah. usual. Is that is that just me? I don't there doesn't seem to be as much distortion on it, but I think that's maybe because it's a bit more. I'm trying to think of it. It's not more complex, but it's more note based rather than like chord based and strumming based. What it usually does. So it's like that little fill at the end of the So it probably won't work. If you strummed it, you'd probably lose quite a lot of that in there. So that's maybe why it's a bit more fun. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I think the uh, the guitar solo on there is pretty slick as well. Yeah. It's the more sweeping motions and whatever you'd call that. Yeah. Sweeping carpeggios. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I just I see guitarists yeah. say it it's sometimes. It's a good solo. <laughs> it's a good clean solo. solo. Like. Good song. Lyrically, though, I mean, it's it's one of the many Motorhead songs about fucking, basically. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, again. There's not much else you can say for it. It's not as aggressive as Damage <laughs> Kick. It's not an aggressive fucking song, no. It's a song about him talking up his ability to fuck to someone who presumably is interested in fucking him. Yeah. So it's a nice consensual fuck song. Oh, the different days, man, yeah, the different it's... days. I miss those days. <laughs> It's the tamer of the two songs that tackle this subject. I, I I do like Tear You Down. I, it's it's not in my top five. I don't think it would crack the top ten of them, being honest, though. I mean, it's it's a good song, though. It's... I'm picking this over Damage Case. Really? Or if, no, if I had to pick between this and Damage Case, it would be Damage Case. Yeah, But they're yeah. both very, very good songs. Like, I picked this over, like... I think the elements of this song are good, but altogether, like, Damage Case has just got, like, it's so much more instantly more recognisable and memorable. Hummable. Hummable. <laughs> as, uh, you know, Damage Case is... And Tay Down is... You're just doing the bass, aren't you? You're only, you can't remember anything but the bass until you listen to it, and you go, like, oh, that's a good guitar solo in there as well. Yeah. If they just split the songs up, like if this had appeared on like Bomber and Damage Cases the stays here, we'd both be talking about them like they were they were fantastic. It's just because it's so. That's a good point we've never really come across yet. Like sometimes, like an album, a song needs to be on a different album for it to grow. You know, there's another competition there to be with. 
This is why I never really listen to albums that much in full. I just take what I want from each one, put it on a playlist. Yeah. That makes sense. That doesn't make sense for the terms of this podcast, though, because we're talking about albums in yeah. full. <laughs> An interesting note about this track, though. It's not from the Overkill recording session. Oh, is it's... that right? No, it's... Do <laughs> tell, do tell. Apparently, it's the B-side to the Louis Louis single, which we'll get to later. Apparently, when it came to re-record it, Lemmy's quoted as saying... I could make up some shit about not being able to to recapture the vibe or the the feel that there was in that original session, but the real reason is they couldn't be fucking bothered <laughs> to go over all ground. So yeah, it's <laughs> weirdly it's not Jimmy Miller who produces this; it's someone called Neil Richmond. So it's just... he just took it from something they already recorded and slammed it in this album. Yeah, in case anyone's reading the the linear notes and sort of thinking, why is that a different producer? That's the reason why. <laughs> Classic. But what had the same producer to Metropolis? That's me my DJ intro is good. So the thing about Metropolis is it's unabashedly a Lemmy song and he'll be the first one, would have been the first one to tell you. He's like, yep, just threw it off in five minutes, saw the movie, thought that's a fun name, came home, wrote a song about it. I've heard, I've heard this is Boom. one of the, the five minute songs. I didn't think you could write a, a whole song in, in five minutes. Like surely you've got, it's three and a half as it is, surely you've got to go back and at least play it twice before you can consider it written. When but, you got it, and, you got it, you know what I mean? <laughs> And he got it. It's not like it's a bad song or anything. It's nah, staple. 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 You know this one was coming, and it was a good little uh, like light mosh. You know what I mean? It was be like a more of like a everyone jumping up and down thing, and you just be like swaying in the crowd. It was. It was a. It was a good coming together song because yeah. you could all get in there, and you knew it was going to kick off because it wasn't going to get crazy and loud and violent because it was just that not the right vibe. One of the best like slow motorhead songs because I never usually associate motorhead with slower songs but mm. it's got a really nice groove to it. yeah good groove that's the exact way for it and it's uh, it's a great song uh, it's Lyrics. hard <laughs> uh, yeah it's hard to justify Nine something like, without even looking at it the, the words are metropolis uh, worlds collide ain't nobody on the other side I don't care I'm not there 
it's not the thing is though it's nothing to do with the movie either it's nothing to do with the movie the movie is just about like a robot girl who gets made and and you know oh it's the downfall of society and we're all living in the filth while the rich are partying with their robots this is just a bunch of words strung together maybe it's a review of the film because i didn't care for the film it's a long i don't care So like, yeah, I'm not Metro- there. I'm Metropolis, sure. the worlds collide. I don't care. <laughs> it's a review uh, of the I, film. I don't care. I'm, I'm not there. I'm in no, the it's, pub. It's an influential film, but I, Fritz Lang in it. Yeah, that's but, some uh, AS level screen studies right there, dude. Yeah, but it doesn't mean it's good though. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those like it's yeah, it's groundbreaking and everything. But there's such a thing as like has it aged well? It's it's a two and a half hour silent. Two and movie. a half fucking black and white. It's silent. It's a slog. It's, it's some Watch amazing the anime, visuals. Basically, is what I'm telling you. Yeah, some amazing visuals, but you don't you know, need it. You don't it need needs it to life. grasp you at the same time. You could probably get the the highlights from like a short movie on YouTube and everything, some of the iconic when he, visuals. When Lemmy came into the studio with this song, do you think they were just like, that's a fucking stupid idea, get out? Or they were like, ah, yeah, I'm off cut, let's just record this and be done with it. I think it's more of the, again, we need to fill the runtime. time. <laughs> <laughs> They've looked at it like, look, we've got overkill and we've got no class, those are going to be great signals. The rest, we just need to make sounds good, you know? I don't think he was, a, well, obviously I don't think they knew at the time, like, the long-lasting legacy that this band would have That's a good especially point. yeah they were probably just thinking like we've got to get paid this week <laughs> especially seeing as the first album was like the make or break yeah. and i still think this was they were hinging on whether they were gonna continue with this or not i mean fair plays to them where they got signed to quite a well it was a biggest a, quite a substantial step up from is it chiswick or yeah, chiswick yeah. records <laughs> or something bronze. But, it's funny you say that because it's like there's absolutely nothing on there that they've gone like, oh yeah, we need to make the the commercial hits. We need to make what sounds popular, and like that doesn't really happen until like the nineties where they start messing around with the sound and stuff, trying to make it different, more like radio play friendly stuff. And a good thing they didn't fucking do that here because these weird and wonderful songs are what we've got, and these are some of the all time greats. Yeah, it says something still being played thirty five years later from a song that was apparently written in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what a legacy and the fact as well that let me just went yeah I did that in five minutes and uh, it's just not like this bullshit rock and roll artist who's just like well you know song crafting comes from the soul and this was an expression of it's like no man it's just, I write rock and roll tunes and this is one of them we are motorhead we play rock and we roll we play <laughs> rock and roll right what's the last song Limb from Limb uh, fuck I don't think I can even remember this one without having a, a... I like Limb from Limb <laughs>
proper like live so we'll be proper <laughs> and the irony of that is it, that song is such like a closer you know what I mean and Overkill it became like the closer for live songs yeah it's and really that, bizarre because that that much like Overkill Live felt like it was never going to end it kept going and going but I think that's something they put on the album to make uh, Eddie Clark happy because it's a very guitar-y song like, yeah isn't it? I, I do like it's really bluesy at the start um, it's just, again it's just another just cool riff to, riff, to start yeah. with and it's again just Simple structure, you know, like bluesy riff, then chords to go in there, you know, shaving my bed at night, going back mm-hmm. again, just simple structure, then kick it into double time at the end and, and go nuts, basically. It is just looking at the lyrics, it's just a blues song. Yeah. Though that said, like, you know, when it kicks up towards the end there, if the whole thing was done on that pace, I'd, I'd like the song a lot more. I, I think it's great. I think, I'm not saying it's paced perfectly, but it's it's just a cool... I like songs like this to close albums. I mm. always think they should end on something big, like something memorable. Because you, always, like, when you go to the live show, you always want to remember. You end on a high, yeah. And I'm a big fan of that on albums. Like some of the later albums, like especially like when they add the bonus tracks on, ending in covers, and it doesn't doesn't quite work. This one, I just think where it really works. It it sums up the album. Nice like bluesy cool riff. Then kicking into double time, you've almost got the um. You haven't quite got the double pedal going, but you've got some nice sort of double bass work going. Um, again, just sort of cool bass work. Yeah, Joe, it's it's like, made use of all the themes we've established. Yeah, it, hasn't it? it's, it's like your conclusion where you bring all your points mm-hmm. together. And, and... <laughs> you go, the, the end of the thesis, <laughs> the overkill thesis. But yeah, it's it works so well as a closer, which is ironic because the opening of the album becomes the, the closer. Crazy, yeah. <laughs> So that's the album. Good album. Great fucking album, let's be honest. Uh, it does have bonus tracks for your 1996 CD releases of Too Late, Too Late and Like a Nightmare, but they are on other albums, so we'll get yeah. to them, won't we? There's, I think they're B-sides from various singles as well. well Maybe really Overkill. Awesome. I don't know what other singles he had from this album. Uh, it was just Overkill and No Class, the singles from this album. Yeah, that, that'll be that one. There you go. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we need to do the B-sides we're on this album. And the bonuses. <laughs> the best bonus B-side is, I think, in my humblest of opinions, fucking Louie Louie. got beef with Louie Louie I don't like it you don't like Louie Louie I, I don't like the song what, you don't like it's, Louie Louie like, how, it's, what's, it's wrong, a, it's what's a, wrong with you it's just a bit slow and it's overplayed over various like comedy TV no, shows man, I'm not credits. having that I'm not having that what, what about one of the other mini bands that have covered it like the Black Flag cover 
I, I just don't like the song. What about it's... the Iggy Pop cover? No, it's not the people doing it. It's the song. Yeah. That's um, to be fair, it's we just cool listened song. to it, and it's not as bad as I remember. There you go. Yeah, it's a grower. But I, it's just a song that's too slow. I prefer faster-paced songs, and this it starts slow and it goes nowhere, <laughs> and then ends. But after too long a period of time. Did you know when uh, that song originally came out? A little bit of music history for you. The BBC banned it because they couldn't understand what the guy was saying in the song. The Motorhead version? Or no, the no, the original, version? yeah. It might be the Kinks version. I'll have to look that up, to be honest with you. But uh, the the BBC is like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I can't have this. You don't know what he's saying. He could be saying anything. But And that's like all the different covers have different like takes on it. But weirdly, like, wasn't the Motorhead version recorded for Top of the Pops? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Swings and roundabouts. They must have had to submit the lyrics on paper or something. As I, I, terms of like covers of Louis, Louis the uh, I see Jamaica Moon above. I don't know if I'm gonna see my love. I don't know if that's made many of the covers, but like, that's the one that he does. So. I could say the lyrics. It's Louis Louis. Oh yeah, yeah. We gotta go. <laughs> Pretty I, I, much. I, I, I. <laughs> well, that's it. Once you do that part, you can make up any old shit in between, and no it's one's like, kick out the jams. Like what? what? Kick out the jams. Kick out the jams. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Everyone does different. As long as you do kick out the jams, motherfucker, yeah. at the beginning, then it's kick out the jams, isn't it? The, uh, the President's United States version that's is one of my favourites. Yes. <laughs> so I, I think that's a good song. I mean, it's probably not like a song that you'd clamour to see live, like, but still. I'll, it's, I'll, it's I'll put that on a playlist. It's you know? got its place in history. Yeah. Good, good way of putting it. Yeah. What else is there to do? Too late, too late. Too late, too late. That's a uh, it's... good song. Let down the by the production. It's br- it's a peculiar production choice, isn't it? It sounds more like the first album stuff when they're just fucking around with all yeah echo chamber bollocks. It does it does say that they had quite a large echo chamber that they could have recorded stuff in. The drums definitely sound like it's been recorded in there. The snares just got so much like reverb on it. Yeah, it didn't sound as powerful as as I like my motorhead tunes to sound, and the guitar solo was just too spacey for me it's to enjoy. Overproduced. Well, weirdly, at the same time, it's overproduced and underproduced. It sounds like it doesn't <laughs> fit in with the album, as in terms that they might. I don't know about the the ins and outs of how this was recorded in relation to the other songs on the album, but it kind of sounds like this was a demo. 
but the solo's really overproduced. So maybe they've taken the demo and just thrown another solo on top of it and then had that as the B-side. Mm. Maybe if it was going to be a full album track, they would have cleaned up the drums either in production or record it again. Again, like it's it's an all right song, and I suppose we'll talk about covers like another time, but like the Metallica covers, not bad. Um, there's a few other all right covers, because no, that's a live one. It does... It can sound good. I like <laughs> it as a live song. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a fair point. I think if I'm making a, a playlist, one of my many Motorhead playlists, I'll take the live version over the studio version. Yeah. That makes sense. Lyrics are odd. <laughs> Lyrics are strange. <laughs> I've never really thought about them until my Hensman suggested they were about a pimp. I think he's a pimp and one of his tricks has ripped him off and he's now sacked her off. From I, that's how I was reading the lyrics. I, I can see that interpretation in there, but maybe it's also him just going with a girl who he thinks is a whore, so he's making himself seem like he's the the John in this. This is a weird <laughs> conversation, man. Yeah, read it and see for yourself, people. I mean, insist on playing games. Some waste of time you are, and you're so popular. Well, this is it, you bitch. I'm gonna make the switch. You find some other John. I know what's going on. So he, it's I. Too late, too late. It's like she's gonna come crawling back at some point, and he's gonna say, "Too late, too late." It's you've had your chips. Is that the saying? <laughs> I've not heard that saying before, but I like it. <laughs> you've had your chips. Don't come back for pie. Is is that what was no, going on? I don't, I don't know. know. Well, <laughs> you pissed on your chips. That's it. <laughs> That's not as catchy song. a title, though. <laughs> Uh, what else have we got to do for a B-side though? Like a Nightmare which is the B-side of no class is it? Like a nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. I mean, if ever there was a song that should have been a B-side. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... It didn't even need to be a B-side, if I'm being honest, did I? <laughs> it's not, it's not awful. It's just, it's background noise. It's it's kind of like, to me, it sounds like they just wanted to mess around with all the effects and see what it would sound yeah, like, and they put it together with this song. It's which a cool is... chugging song. It's got a nice groove to it, but it's, there's not really mo- nothing, anything memorable in there. The lyrical structure's fucking all over the place as well. Like there's, it's two two verses, but like a, a repetition of the the chorus. But the chorus is just, I like a nightmare, nightmare, like a nightmare. I mean, it's, it's, he does say that a lot in this song. I don't know how many times he says it, but it's only four minutes, and it's it's, it's at a least lot. A dozen it's times. four minutes, man. That's a long song for long time for nothing to happen in. 
That's what that yeah. is. But the most interesting thing is probably with the chorus. It, it kind of sounds like he's sung like a nightmare in reverse, and then they've played the tape in reverse, so it plays forwards correctly. Yeah, okay. Um, I don't know how they've done it. I don't know if he did sing it like that, or if they just put an effect on to, to make it sound like that. Didn't some of the Maiden bonus tracks have like them t- doing Monty Python cooked in reverse? <laughs> <laughs> it's all the similar thing to that, but it's... It doesn't really add much to it, so I kind of get because it sounds like weird and dreamlike and the whole like Twin Peaks talking mm-hmm. backwards thing. But it's, I can it's... see Lemmy being a fan of Twin Peaks. I don't. I'll have to check to see. If... Twin Peaks would have been out in this, this time though. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. No. So he has a case against David Lynch there. Hey. <laughs> um, no, he's a very Lynchian based rock and roll player. But yeah, I, I mean. When we when this came up on the things the songs to look at, I was like, "What the fuck's that song? I don't remember that song at all." And now that I've heard it, I'm not going to remember it after yeah. this either. <laughs> they like, can't what? all be winners, is what I was saying. So, uh, what well, best best song on the album? Uh? <sighs> it's difficult when you've got so you've many got, classics in one. Well, place. you've got like five staples a set. Mm-hmm. I even like limb from limb. I think it's a cool song to finish on. I, I want to say Overkill is my favourite song, but it, it's No Class. No it's Class. Just... <laughs> yeah, No Class is so good. If it weren't for the fact that I'll Be Your Sister's on this album, I'd say No Class as well, but I just fucking love that I'll Be Your Sister song. Uh, gr- great album. Uh, in terms of all best albums, uh, we don't have a list or anything yet, do we? Uh, we, don't no, to, we don't need to compete against each other. One it's of my just... personal favourites. This sets the standards, yeah, really. It's, it's what every album it sets the standard against. better than the first album definitely yeah, this, the, this the, is more of a Motorhead album than Motorhead was yeah this is the first album yes this is so 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 more so and what's next though is it Bomber or Bomber after this yeah Bomber after this Bomber's got some tracks on it as well so that's what's gone through that album there we've uh, talked about what else we need to talk about favourite uh, song we've done favourite lyric oh, there's a few on there I mean the opener to to no class shut up you talk yeah, so loud yeah. brilliant <laughs> so good um, oh, just some of the lyrics from from the title track are amazing even from Limb From Limb as well Ain't No Shame In Bed At Night that's a brilliant mm-hmm. that just sums up almost the sort of Lemmy's it's <laughs> got the whole attitudes. character hasn't it yeah, yeah it's just so nice yeah, there's no shame in doing this. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's, just a, he's out there just to get some puss, and that's all he's about, and he's happy with that. And fucking A, man, aren't we all in some way or other? Yeah. He's just more open with it. He can say different times. <laughs> and everything, but I, I, we're not condoning any of it. It's just a, a cool lyric. I just really like it. Overkill itself is like an album title, so it's fucking badass. Isn't that like, an, like, an, like a proper term, Overkill? Like it's like a military term. Like yeah. Megadeth was like an actual military term. Yeah, I'm not too sure what it stands for in the military context, but apparently that they didn't even come up with this as the title for the album. Just the manager said that. Yeah. Well, it's something I never noticed until starting doing this. All the albums are named after a song from the album. I mean, not, uh, not all. Yeah, they are. Name of the album doesn't have one on. Yeah, I've stumped you there, haven't I? Go on, he's gonna look. Maybe the 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 world is yours. No, there's a song on that. Inferno. There's no song called Inferno. Oh fuck! You you, you fucked me over there. All right, so most of the early stuff then. Yeah. Yeah. 
All the early albums, definitely. Um, Actually, another perfect day. Is there another perfect day? Another perfect day. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that album cover, but the yeah. album's just really poor. <laughs> it's a shame. <laughs> I can't wait to get to that one. There's a lot of stuff to discuss there. But that's us done for the day. Uh, thank you for listening. Motorhead Metal, your head guys and gals around the world. Yeah, we're going to put this up on the SoundClouds and on the iTunes. There's an official iTunes. If someone wants to do some fucking cover art, please God do it. Because I can't. <laughs> I hate fucking doing cover art with this thing. And they, they all say like the way to get your podcast heard is to have great cover art. It's not helping us. Tell people about the podcast. If you've got any points you want to make, email topatacanesatoutlook.com or leave it on the SoundCloud or on iTunes, which you should also subscribe to. Anything else nice. about that, Matt? <laughs> Nice summing up. <laughs> thanks for joining us, everybody, and thanks for coming over, man. Always a pleasure. Never sure. <laughs>